It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 299, Jesus Sends Out the Disciples, The Pre-Commissioning. Ever heard the statement, you are so heavenly-minded, you are no earthly good? There's, of course, the opposite. You're so earthly-minded, you're no heavenly good. Let's address this one. You're so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. Well, frankly, that's the perspective uh, of kind of tearing down a person who is very spiritual. It's, it's a worldly perspective. Yes, we have to be discerning in the world we live in. If it's Babylon, you better learn Babylonian culture and language. But generally speaking, Jesus was out of our league in his language and references in his time. He spoke from outsider dimension and time. He was heavenly minded all the time. But he was also earthly good. When we read the Gospels and from the disciples' perspective, they are operating with limited containers and vessels confined by time and perspective, um, isolated to their own individual fear, anxiety, and worries. Jesus speaks lessons to them, but also unknown to them at the time. He speaks lessons to all generations as well. Jesus was heavenly minded, and to the lack of discerning, he was no earthly good. But to those who listen and learn and study, oh my, every word is a treasure. In Matthew 10, he sends out his disciples to evangelize, and man, did they do it. They go wild with the kingdom of heaven, but his instructions were terrible in the earthly sense, downright terrible. He if, if I was in an evangelism setting and this was the one-on-one -on -one moment with the instructor to tell you how to go out and do it, it wouldn't have been, let's just say, textbook. It would have been the way um, um, uh, professors or teachers or even evangelists would do it today. Yes, it would be at the beginning, but not the way he ends it. He speaks to them about three paragraphs of instructions. Then later he's going to tell them he's, they're going to be killed and tortured later. But they would know what to say to governors and kings. It's unbelievable. So if anyone tells you you're too spiritual or too heavenly for earthly good, just keep praying. Just keep loving. Just keep bringing the kingdom. They just don't get it. I just love Matthew 10. It's evangelism 101 with signs and wonders. But then Jesus prophesies. He never warns them. There's no interjection. He just rolls with it. He rolls from generation to generation mid-sentence. These clueless disciples are now going to go do it. And if you want to think on a weird idea, even Judas Iscariot did miracles. That's an interesting thought. It says they all did the works. It kind of goes to that scripture, right? Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Did we not do miracles in your name? There's something to be said about the first line of his uh, release or his teaching. It says, Jesus gave them authority and they did miracles. 
Matthew 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and every sickness. Notice the imperative speech, like this is instructions for now. It's of course written in past tense, but it's now instructions. Do your thing, disciples. Evangelism 101, it's all about preaching and miracles. These 12 disciples sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the disciples or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. All right, so Matthew 10, 7 um, really uh, is one of those verses that means the world to me. Um, as a family, you know, we've embraced evangelisms, even, even missions work, um, you know, 5, 10, 15 years. Uh, missions for the last five years, uh, evangelism, you know, 10 years before that we'd started. Uh, but we have an interesting story. So uh, we went on a mission trip recently to uh, Mexico. Uh, we went into um, San Diego and we went three hours south to a kind of an orphanage there and served the local community. Uh, we also did evangelism. Uh, we served at an orphanage um, and kind of did building projects as well. But one of the days on the way down there, uh, we were in a town called Ensenada. It's a fishing village. And uh, we were giving away these uh, John 316 rubber uh, silicone wristbands. And they're great for evangelism because you, you give them away. And, and these are in Spanish. And you have to explain um, what you're saying, right? So you're, you're actually sharing the gospel. And everyone's willing to, you know, they, they love to receive a gift, right? And then you explain to them what the, what the wristbands are. And, and these were in the color of the, the Mexican tricolor. Uh, and people loved giving them to their kids and everything. But um, my, there was a, a, cr a crew of us, and uh, we were at a local market there uh, by the water. Um, and I was just kind of standing there, and I didn't realize this guy was next to me. And I look over, and, and there he was. And we started talking. Um, I gave him a couple wristbands. He had two little girls. Uh, we talk talked about John 3.16. What does it mean, right? And uh, he went on to say, yes, I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person. And... <laughs> And that led to a, you know, a pretty good conversation on, you know, works doesn't get you to heaven, right? Um, it's faith in Jesus that he took away our sins on the cross. That. He paid the price, the ultimate price. And that's the work that gets you to heaven. It's belief in Jesus and how he takes away our sins. And he becomes, we become a new creation as he takes away our sins and we give our life to him and he becomes our Lord and Savior. So we went through and had a discussion, um, and I said, do you want to pray the salvation prayer right here? And he did. And, and he prayed the salvation prayer right there in Ensenada. Um, and it was really cool um, when it was over. And he said, Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your love. And as he did, I had this amazing love for this guy. And, and uh, ends up his name was Hugo, H-U-G-O. And, uh, and I told that testimony you know, the next morning at our, um, at the, you know, the church service as we were telling testimonies. And my wife reminded me, <laughs> she laughed when I told her the story because she was, she was back in the States here. And uh, she said his name was Hugo. 
John 10:7, a verse that means so much to me. And as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Other versions say, as you go, preach. Isn't that beautiful? It's the as-you-go lifestyle that whether you're at the restaurant, whether you're at the gas station, whether you're at work, whether you are at the soccer field, wherever you are, preach. Whether you do it with words, whether you do it with actions, whether you do it with love, that's the kingdom of heaven coming out of you. Matthew 10, 9 Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it it your greeting. If your home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If not, let your peace return to you. All right, so that's it. So that's it for Jesus' instructions. I mean, he's going to flip into prophecy to the next generation mid-sentence almost here. Um, Go, guys. Do your thing, right? (laughs) This is where the training actually ends. Um, I would assume in a modern sense or in a normal sense, there would be a whole lot more. How to share the love of God. How to release your peace praying for a place, signs and wonders, perhaps some training on the gifts of the Spirit, how to do evangelism, Roman road, you know, maybe the Roman's road, or or here's a technique, or use the wristbands and talk to people at John 3.16, perhaps how to hear from the Holy Spirit. No, that's it. I mean, that's the only instructions we have. Just go do it. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. What happens next is beyond me. And it just shows me how God is. Remember Isaiah 61 when he's in Nazareth and how Jesus quoted it uh, because he finished mid-sentence before the word judgment. Jesus is not, not knowing to his disciples. He decides, let's just deliver a prophecy to the book of Acts church. It's, it's almost like Jesus somehow flips into some open vision where he sees his disciples as old men or the, or the next generation carrying the torch. Uh, there's something that happens in the middle of Matthew 10 because the instructions to go evangelize stop. And he, it's like he's staring at 50 years in the future. These disciples would have been so confused. It, it, it would have been. Like, are you, are you talking to me right now in this session, Jesus? Right? Like, hey, Jesus, I've only been following you many months. You're talking about kings and governors. What's up? And Judgment Day, all the same. And I think when the disciples went away, they were anointed, they were given authority, they were imparted to, they were filled with the Spirit but confused. Can you picture this conversation? Hey, Peter, John said, yeah. What was all that about kings and governors? I have no idea, but it felt right. Yeah, it did. Where are we going? Uh, well, let's head to Bethsaida and figure it out from there. All right. I mean, <laughs> just kind of like a, 
I don't know, just fascinating to me. And what it would have been like for these guys uh, because of what happens next. Matthew 10, 14. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I'm sending you like sheep among wolves. How encouraging, right? Matthew 10, 16. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils. You'd be flogged in their synagogues. On my account, you were brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say. And at that time, you will be giving what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You'll be treated and hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. This is instructions for the book of Acts Church. I was reading Fox's book of Martyrs. Whoa, what they went through is insane read it (laughs) but what he's speaking right here is exactly what happens and i imagine paul reading this 50 years later and saying yep i've stood before kings and governors and i had no idea what came out of my mouth but it felt right the apostle thomas would potentially journey the farthest of all of them he'd go to india according to legend and no doubt he prophesied to kings all the way So next time you're walking with Jesus in the garden, listen carefully. Trust in what you hear. Just know it's God's pleasure to know the how and the when. That's what he knows. Only it even says it's the Father's pleasure, but it's also his pleasure to tell you what. He loves to tell you what. You will become King David. Joseph, your brothers will bow before you. They never knew when, and they never knew how. This is the mystery of his voice. Even the rapture, it says, only the Father knows the time and the hour. Not even the Son knows. So this is, this is, the, this is Father God. He knows timing. We don't know timing, but we get those slivers of truth. We get those slivers of, of destiny, you call it, uh, that God will speak to us, but he knows the timing and he knows the how. Matthew ten twenty six. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very heads of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. I love this last verse. They asked Mother Teresa how she could care for the orphans and the hopeless the way she did. And her response was, how can I not? I see Jesus in all of them. My, my wife has blessed many homeless people in her travels and even her time in Seattle. And there was two that kind of leap out to me. Once in LA, there was a man who was homeless that she cared for and he had the brightest blue eyes she had ever seen. The funny thing is, she one other time met another homeless person with the same crazy blue clear eyes. Doesn't make sense, but perhaps there's something so right about what Mother Teresa said. Matthew 10 was one of the five larger sections of teaching in the book of Matthew. You imagine Matthew, the note-taker, really wanting to get all the instructions for he was about to evangelize. But just to not leave us in the dark, Mark 6 tells us the result of their evangelism, and the result is power. Mark 6, 12. And they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. The disciples did it! I can fathom the healing, um, them kind of being imparted, you know, authority for healing. But the deliverance, whoa, that's amazing to me. These disciples truly did it. They cast out demons. There is an adage that experience is the best teacher. But in this case, God himself in the flesh and his delegated authority was with the disciples and they did the miraculous works themselves. To conclude this episode, um, i got another kind of personal story. You know, like I said, Matthew 10 means the, means the world to me. Kind of a life verse is, is that as you go. Um, but this was back in 2010. Um, I had a friend who ran a Christian bookstore in Northwest Arkansas. It's called Skia. It was like a skate shop slash bookstore. And his name was Bill. And uh, he knew my wife and I were doing lots of evangelism at the time. And he was reading Matthew 10. Um, and he was just reading and he was just fascinated how the disciples went out two by two. And, uh, and he, and he pulled, pulled me and my wife aside. He said, I'm going to um, do a music conference um, festival, really. I want to bring in many, many bands. Um, and in the midst of all the bands and advertisements, marketing, bringing everyone in, I want you and your friends, 
I want you to get a group of friends just like you already do, and I want you to go out two by two in the midst of the whole festival and evangelize to everybody. Well, you imagine it was a real honor, but a little overwhelming too. Like, okay, so you see the model of what Jesus did in Matthew 10. Uh, you're, you're not anointing us or uh, imparting to us authority, uh, but you say, go, right? Go be the ministry team, basically, of this uh, music festival. Um, we were quite young in the you know, learning how to evangelize and everything. So we connected with the ministry school um, in Atlanta. Um, they they sent eight ministry students um, to to the music festival and to hang out with us. And and in many ways, they imparted to us um, how to you know share the gospel with people on the street, um, how to. Um, pray for people that have all sorts of sicknesses and diseases. Um, and we went out during the festival. We had a ministry tent. Um, Bill gave us uh, authority after some of the concerts to actually stand up and do ministry. Um, we went out two by two um, all through this thing, and we saw amazing things. Uh, it was absolutely amazing to think that Bill saw it in the New Testament, and he said, let's try it here. <laughs> And, and that's what we had. We probably had 30 people or more um, always going through the, through the entire music festival. There was 30 bands or more. It was a three-day event. And we were praying for people continually. We had people in the, in the actual ministry tent. There was, and there was always people walking around. Do you need prayer? How are you doing? Connecting with people. Um, do you have a need? Uh, they would, and the instructions was, pray for whatever the need was. Um, if it was a healing, pray for a healing. If it was, um, you know, there with their nephew who doesn't know Jesus, or if they have a prayer request, pray for them. Um, and we saw salvations. We saw healings. We saw people get delivered from anxiety, um, depression. Uh, we saw people come in um, and they were there for the music festival and they joined the ministry team. <laughs> We, we saw people come in, um, they were bringing unsaved family members, getting saved on the spot in the ministry tent. Um, it was a beautiful experience, and you know, if Jesus could, Jesus could do it then, and if my friend Bill sees it in the scripture and he sees it happen then, why not now? Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to check out the website, messagetokings.com, uh, or if you want to chat or connect with us, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.